I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. This is a weekend update for the week ending May 1, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot of stuff on the docket today. It's a weekend update, so we're going to do a few things, some of which we don't do all that much. We're going to look at the normal garden variety charts we look at. A lot did happen on Friday, so we're going to pick it apart. We're going to unpack the whole market, use all the tools in the tool belt. We'll look at all the charts, and then we'll come up with where the market is, where it gets in real trouble, and what the next likely scenario is. In addition, we're going to look at some weekly charts because there was also some interesting things happen as a result of the weekly close. I think they're worth pointing out. We're going to throw in a few market psychology things. I'm going to give you something to chew on for a few days. What's the first thing we do? First thing we do is get an assessment of the daily chart. Where are we? What jumps off the page? Well, the first thing that jumps off the page at me is the tail candle from today going all the way up to fill that gap. And the high of the tail candle happens to be 290.66. The question I would ask myself is, did the market trade at 290.66 on Friday? And the short answer is, no, it didn't. How do we know that? Because when we go over to an hourly chart, we know that the market gapped down We know the high of the day was 286.04. That being the case, what do we call this long tail candle all the way up to 290.66? Very simple. We call it shenanigans. What is it really? And this question will come in invariably every single time this happens and I show it. Questions come in. Well, what is it? It doesn't matter what it is. And if I give you one answer as to what it is, somebody can certainly come around the corner with a different answer Either way, we can't prove one way or the other what it is. So what difference does it make? All we know is it's shenanigans, and here's what we have to watch out for. Nothing. Why is that? Because there's nothing to watch out for. If the market's trading up toward that direction, we're going to be looking at the gap anyway because the gap would be magnetic, so they're going to want to fill the gap if they're headed in that direction. So we don't need the shenanigan tail. What else we got? Well... We got a pretty good down day on our hands, so that's what we're going to discuss next. Last night, we talked about 285. We talked about some other numbers, but if the market was going to trade down, here's an hourly chart, and if you recall, we had this bear flag going, and we said that this will generally result in a continuation move. We said 285. We said this general area. They certainly went lower. We'll talk about lower in a moment, but where did they go? Well, lower was the gap. The market broke out on Monday, this past Monday, right? That was the gap up. We discussed it last night. So essentially, they're coming back to retest a former breakout area. On shorter term charts, we can identify other breakout areas. This was one off the daily chart. So they filled the gap. Now, here's what we have to say about that. A, that's normal garden variety market behavior. Is that because I always say that? Or is it because it always is? And the answer is, it's because it is. I say it, but I point it out on the chart. 
So the fact that it's on the chart makes it a fact. So I didn't make it up. I just took it off the chart, conveyed it to you in words. The chart draws the picture. I'm translating the picture into words. So they come back to test the former breakout area. They go lower. So be it. We know about 281. The market stayed above 281 today. It never got to 281. So that's interesting in and of itself. Separate conversation. Let's stay on where we are conversation, the gap. Back to the hourly chart. Here's the gap at 283. There's a whole bucket full of stuff going on. A, from an intraday perspective, what you'll notice is the market gap down stopped short of 283, which was the daily chart gap, made a bear flag pattern. There's your flagpole, there's your flag. That's the morning activity getting ready to go lower, traded into 283. Now, it's obvious 283 was important, but there's also something else that's important is the fact that they really traded below 283 and only retested 283 from what is now a resistance point, meaning 283 becomes resistance once they're below. Could they have had a rocket ride off this gap back in the northern direction? Absolutely. Just because they put in the flag above 283 283 was a big number because it comes off the daily chart. So just because they did that doesn't mean that they couldn't hit it, trade below for a little while, turn around and go back in the other direction. The fact is they did two out of those three things. They hit it, they traded around it for a while, but they never went back in the other direction. So there's where it becomes interesting. If we take a look at it like this and say, If they went back in the other direction and they finished the day pretty good, we would say, hey, all they did was come back to test a former breakout area. Now what we have to say is they came back to test the former breakout area and they closed below it. They closed below the gap. One thing that Inside the Numbers members hear me say all the time, everybody hears me say this all the time, when they fill a gap, if they hang around without having a reaction in the other direction, It's evidence that the gap wasn't the final destination. It is a destination. Think in terms of stocks on the move and what I say all the time. There's two options. When a stock heads to a destination, it's either going to turn around and go back in the other direction or it's going to hang around for a cup of coffee. If it hangs around for a cup of coffee, it's likely headed to another destination. So what happened? It went to a destination but it hung around for a cup of coffee at the destination, maybe has another destination. It's all a matter of perspective. Another way to look at that is that the market dropped, put in a bear flaggish pattern. It's not finished yet, but likely this will resume in another move downward. You got another gap down there. Is that out of the question? Of course not. That's absolutely on the table right now. It's on the table specifically because they hung around at an important area. It just tells me that that wasn't the final destination. And I get it. I know what the bears are thinking. The bears are thinking, hey, wait a minute. Final destination isn't till they get way down here or even below. Maybe so, but we're not there yet. We're still near the highs, the recent highs. We're not that far off. Remember, the awareness is this could be either or. Sure, the market can decline below the moving averages, keep going, below the important pivot low that we've been discussing, which is from the 21st at 272. And I understand that's another 100 handles away. But guess what? 
the market can certainly still trade down, pull back, come into the moving averages, and resume the current trend up into these moving averages. There's nothing that says that can't happen. I will change that tune if we close the day below the 21st, which is down here at 272.02. Remember, that goes in concert with an up move, a pullback, an up move, a pullback, an up move, a pullback. Now, if the pullback becomes not a pullback anymore, and if it all of a sudden breaks below here, absolutely there can be a trap door that opens to down here. We've talked about these numbers. Down here to 250 in that ballpark. Absolutely, that's on the table. What else is on the table? Just as an awareness exercise, I don't love to do this. I don't love showing this stuff in these videos, but it's going to come out eventually if the market does this. And what does that represent? And remember, that could come from down here also. The market goes down Monday, Tuesday, something like that. And then it goes up. And what happens there is if it fails, what do we have? One of these things in the making that ends up doing this, that's a head and shoulders pattern. I have no idea whether it's going to work out like that or not. All I'm saying is that came to the forefront in real time. While I was doing this, looking at the chart with you, that came right out of my mind, which we all know and say it together is a dangerous place to be. So from a daily chart perspective, we basically know the scenarios. Pretty simple. You get below here, there's a trap door waiting. Could be developing some kind of head and shoulders pattern way too early. That's definitely a hypothesis. And the other one is we trade down a little bit or turn right around on Monday or Sunday night and then do it all again and trade into these moving averages into the original place that all things being nirvana the market would trade into those moving averages and that's where the failure point would be that's where the stone cold short would be the more they pull back here and then if they go up again that becomes in question because it's like a recocking of the gun we talk about this all the time they'll actually be able to go higher at that point so that's the broad brush daily chart schematic Something else of an awareness, we can probably throw this into the market psychology bucket. Let's just say all this is is a garden variety pullback like all the rest. And let's just say there's another leg higher. However, in the middle of the pullback, and this goes with when it feels really, really wrong, it's typically right and vice versa. In the middle of the pullback, if you turn on the TV, if you turn on CNBC, or you go to Yahoo Finance or Bloomberg or any of that stuff, everything's falling apart. Everything is terrible. Immediately, they bring out the bear boogeyman. It's in the moment rather than realizing, hey, there's a pretty high probability this is what they're doing. And here's how I know if this isn't what they're doing. That's basically how I approach every day, every hour on every chart. Know where you're wrong, lose small and fast, Treat it like a business. This is everything that Lazy E-Mini Trader course is centered around. All this stuff. How to read the charts, what they're likely doing, and if they're not doing that, where are they wrong? Where does it turn bad so I can cut and run? All in all, I think we have a pretty good handle on the S&P at this stage. They're making another bearish pattern. They're pointed lower. 
You wake up to a gap up Monday or Sunday night. That's a different story, but they're pointed lower at present. How about a little detour inside the numbers? You already saw everything about the market. Here's the routine. I'm going to run through the notes and I'm just say a few things that were important about the notes. And it's pretty simple. You can pause the video and read this stuff at your leisure. We'll come back and take a look at stocks on the move in a few moments. Basically, the bottom line is on this Friday, all we had to hang our hat on was the fact that we had a gap down. After the gap down, they ran sideways. They ate time off the clock. And at this time, I urge you to pause the video, read the notes for yourself, see what's going on in the commentary, see what the market's doing, do the homework, see if I'm a bag of wind. All we had to hang our hat on was the eating time off the clock, and as long as they didn't get above X, they were going to do Y. What was Y? They were going to go lower. Where was the objective to go lower? The objective was to fill the gap that they filled. We thought, meaning I thought, that they would get a bounce off the gap. They didn't get the bounce off the gap. Doesn't mean they traded straight through to another stratosphere. All it means is they meandered there all day long, and basically there was no long trade to be had off the gap. We already knew that. Continue on. You can pause it at your leisure. I urge you to actually do the thing where you read the commentary, go back to the chart and say, hey, here's what he was saying, and then what did the market do following what he's saying? Does it make sense? Would I be able to understand that during the trading session? Does it make sense to me? Maybe there are some terms that you might need clarification on. That's fine. All you have to do is ask, obviously. Everybody knows by now I have my own way of doing things. I have my own stuff going on. That's the whole inside my head thing. You just have to take that stuff with a grain of salt. I'm what they say, unconventional. When you do what I do every single day, you have a tendency to be unconventional. Stocks on the move. Eight opportunities on the board. Remember, it's earnings season, so we have opportunity flow. Earnings season is generally a bonanza. I get this question a lot from Inside the Numbers members, and they want to really know, hey, how do I track all these stocks? Do I put orders in before the market opens? I'm worried. I can't play them all. No, you're off the wrong track, or you're off the right track. You're off the beaten path. Here's the deal. Look at the column third from the right, percent from entry. They're tracking percentage they are away from the target entry. So if you see a stock that's five, six, seven percent away from entry at 9.30 in the morning, disregard it. If it's at the bottom of the list, don't worry about it. We only need to follow the ones that are coming close. After that, you really need to have an alert system set up on your chart so you can be alerted when they start coming really close. You can put an order in in advance or you can be alerted and then put the order in manually, which is what I like to do. Sometimes when I put an order in in advance, I forget about it. And then you know what happens. You know the rest of that story. Bottom line, three of the opportunities hit their objective today. MGM, Penn, it was Casino Gaming Day, and WDC as well, Western Digital. Here's a 15-minute chart of MGM. You see what happened. It was a no deal, whatever deal. It didn't do the deal. It basically stopped short, ate time off the clock. We just talked about that. We know the routine. 
We don't really want this trade. However, you see the $15.10, $15, that general zone certainly was important. The problem is that it went to the destination, hung out for a cup of coffee. It happens. We look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Penn National Gaming. Now, here's an interesting one. You'll see in the commentary, if you read the commentary, I made a comment on Penn. Front runners. Here's a one-minute chart. Let me explain what happened. So here, at 9.55, the low was 16.02. My target was 16. Now, this isn't certainly a rocket ride. It's not a tremendous rally off that number or just north of that number. Here's a high of 16.24. But this is the way I look at it. That's about 1.5%, give or take. For me, that changes the trade. It's not the same trade that if it came straight in, you would get the same or better type of reaction. Now, if I'm a scalp trader, if I'm a day trader, and I get a reaction of a quarter on a $16 stock, and then it goes lower, at least I could say, hey, they gave me something, it just didn't keep going. They gave me an opportunity. The point is, is that there's certainly a case for there was a reaction at the number. But here's what happened. So they came down, they came up short, they went back through it, and then they traded in and around it and did what? created another bear flag pattern doing what indicating that the next move was going to be a continuation move down to what the next price that was on the board before the market opened fifteen dollars and 41 cents now if you were painting by numbers playing by the rules you don't take the trade at 16 you let the front runners have it some of you don't necessarily know what a front runner is so let me explain real quick what's a front runner a front runner is the bucket full of traders that jump in just before a spot they know a whole bunch other traders are looking to get in the trade. They're front running the other guys. They basically screw over the other guys. Hey, this is a business. This is a tough business. Nobody's looking to make friends. We're looking to make money. So what happened at the 1541? It worked out. It went up to 1589 here in this candle. And then came back down to do what? Run a test of what? 1541. Tells you what? 1541 was also important. So if you were painting by numbers, playing by the rules, you picked up the second price entry. WDC. Same routine. It worked. You just never got a rocket ride. But it turned out to be a pretty good trade for anybody that was able to hang on, be patient, and wait for an end-of-the-day rally. Went all the way up to 41.44, I certainly wasn't around. But you can see, where was the close yesterday? 46.07, pretty good haircut. What's important to realize? Stocks are headed to a destination. If you have the destination, you can make money. I said we were going to look at the weekly chart. So here it is. What's going on over in Camp IWM? I didn't say we were going to review the other chart. I said we were going to look at it little weekend levity. Here's what I want to point out. A couple of things on both sides of the tape. First, we'll look at the downside. So when you take a look at this low from the week ending the 27th when the market made a bottom, that's a pretty good low. That's a weekly reversal candle. I'm not looking for new lows. Not off a candle like that. Could they retest the lows? Yeah, they could. They really had a chance already and they chose to go in the other direction, but anything is possible, obviously. But under normal garden variety market conditions, when you see a low like that, that's a pretty good low for a while. I didn't show it, but that's one of the things that had me leave the bearish camp 
and get into the bullish camp, and I caught a lot of flack for it. I wasn't bearish the market. You all know that. When everybody else was expecting a further collapse, folks that are following me, at least my thought process, not that I'm going to be right, but that thought process of, we're not looking for new lows again. We were really looking for the rope-a-dope. Not in so many words. Anyway, here's the point. So I like the low, and when we talk about the 250, or if the market came down, the trap door opened, all that stuff, look what you have. You have a huge breakup candle. What's the low of that? 256 and change. Intra week, they come down, they fill the gap. Where's the gap? 255. They come down to 250 because it's a semi-fat round number. And guess what? Even if they did all that, let's just say they pulled the rug out from the market next week or any week for that matter. It doesn't matter. What's the likelihood on the first run? Just like the first run to go fill a gap, here's another first run scenario. What's the likelihood on the first run that they're going to close below the close of the week that the market bottomed? Let me do that again. What's the likelihood that they would close below the close of the week that the market bottomed? And the answer is, using the 80-20 rule, 80% of the time, they're just not going to do it. What's that number? 253.42, near the 250. So, and they get around 250 in a collapse of the market, and that's not really a collapse. It's just, if they came down to 250, it's a pretty good sell-off. It's not a collapse. That's a collapse. That's a pretty good sell-off. But if they did that thing, you have a confluence of stuff down there. You got 250. You got the close of the week that the market bottomed. And by the way, are you going to find that one on the CMT exam? What's the CMT exam? Certified Market Technician. Am I a certified market technician? No, I'm just certified. Or certifiable, I suppose. You may find that in there. You may not. I have no idea. But I'm telling you that's important. What about the other side? What if you flip it around? What's going on up north? Well, we know about the moving averages on the daily chart. We know about the moving averages now on the weekly chart. So you have another convergence of moving averages. They're pointed down. They will be overhead resistance. Intra-week, you could certainly trade up above them. Would you close a week above them without the market being extremely, extremely strong, telling you that they're going much higher? No, not on the first run under normal garden variety conditions, all that stuff, using the 80-20 rule. Just not going to close above them on the first run. Here, they didn't get to them, and they had a pretty good sell-off so far. What else didn't they get to? They didn't get to that gap, 297 46. So here's what we have to say about not getting to the gap. Not so much the moving averages, but yes, the gap. Not getting to the gap is really, really weak if they don't do it anytime soon. If they pull back and go back up north, they likely don't stop right at the gap. We know about all that. We've discussed that before. That's the whole recocking of the gun thing. Back to camp IWM. What's going on here? Here, and we talked about this one on Thursday night as well, here's your breakout area, and it's debatable where it is. I'm just drawing a line in a general area. You have a 20-period moving average, and you closed above the 50-period moving average today. Above the gap window, you didn't fill the gap. So there's still stuff going on. You have a gap down here, 20-period moving average, and also, and if I draw it like this, just to give you a different visual, what if I did this? I said... This was a bull flag pattern, and if the market comes back to test this 
general area of a breakout. Here's another gap. Guess what? This was a test of a former breakout area, and you can certainly get a pretty good rally off of that scenario. There's a few areas. The top of the breakout area happens to coincide with the 20-period moving average. Here's a gap, but this is still considered the general breakout area. You can't define a breakout area on a chart like this to the penny. It's impossible. You shouldn't try because you're just spinning your wheels in the sand. Bull case bear case, IWM. Closing below the 20-period moving average, bear case. Visiting down in that area, going back in the other direction, bull case. Is the market doing anything different than it's done already? No, it's in one of the phases where it goes down before going what? Back up. We don't know in advance if it will go back up, but when we look at the recent activity, we yet have no reason to believe that it won't. It's an awareness. Close below the 20-period moving average, they hand us a reason to believe it won't. What's going on down at the transportation department? Anything different over here? Now, same routine. I don't need to do what? Beat a dead horse. But what we can do is use this chart for another awareness that we haven't yet discussed today. This can be a debacle in the making. We don't know. There's a whole lot of stuff in between. It's another awareness. It's the umpire thing. You always have to be aware of both sides of the market. What's on the chart? How many bull bear battles do you think would be going on before any of that happened below the lows? And the answer is a whole lot of them. The bulls never give it up that easy. And most of the bears would get shaken out along the way. What do we got going on out in Silicon Valley? Anything important? They're above all the moving averages. So all we really need to do is know that when this chart populates the screen, there's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with the current trend. That's a different story when you look at the weekly chart, but there's nothing wrong with the current trend and nothing to say they can't keep going higher all the way toward the top end of the breakdown candle, which is what? 224 in that general neighborhood. They got to 220, but they didn't get to 224 yet. Weekly chart. Think about this for a second. They're above all the moving averages. So you have to put this in perspective. What the Q chart is telling you is recovery. What the weekly S&P chart is telling you, not so much. Not yet. Q chart recovery, S&P chart retracement. Same routine in the financials. We really have no new information. We're below all the moving averages but one, but the 20 period moving average Drop below that, you end up challenging these pivot lows. You lose the pivot lows over here, and that's all she wrote. At least before you have to start talking about filling gaps and stuff like that. Smash Mouth, pretty solid, almost 5% down day following yesterday's pretty solid down day. This one, we could certainly say they ran a test of the breakdown candle high and reversed. Where's the trouble spot for the SMH? Well, you're coming into the 50-period moving average. You lose this pivot low trapdoor down to this gap here, which is a gap window right above 115, a gap here. That's where you'd have to go on a debacle down here. We don't have to discuss that. That's not where we are. We're up here. It's the awareness thing. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. All true and accurate information 
It's everything that I intended to and wanted to discuss today, so I will give it a wrap here. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.